Welcome to the Servants Feast Christian Ministry Podcast with Reverend Elizabeth Moreau. Elizabeth wrote the From Called to Sent Discipleship series that includes six books and two retreats for the intellectual and spiritual development of Christians in the local church. In Elizabeth's From Called to Sent series, she often tells us there is more. Christianity is so much more than just attending church and Sunday school. The riches of our faith are beyond what we can hope or imagine. Jesus tells us that he came that we might have life and have it abundantly. Elizabeth passionately teaches the treasures of Christian life to the end that we grow and mature and experience an abundant life in Christ. Her reflections on topics and issues of the day always point to Jesus with the purpose of advancing his kingdom. She desires for us all to understand the deep and rich heritage we inherit from the historic and universal church. In Romans, Paul tells us, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. With this thought, let us continue our journey of transformation and renewal as Elizabeth shares her teaching through this podcast. All righty then, welcome. This is Elizabeth, and I am so glad to be with you today. I'm having a little bit of something stuck in my throat, so please bear with me. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about Halloween because we're coming up on Halloween. seems like a good time to talk about it. But um, also, I want to talk about a little bit more than that. Last time, the podcast was on how that we, um, on my perspective, that I think we need to recover Christianity as it originally was, <clears throat> that we need that in our world today. And, um, and, and, and I'm kind of using Halloween as a stepping stone toward making a point about that. There's a particular point that I want to make today. And I appreciate you for joining in and for listening to this. Uh, let's open with a word of prayer and get started with that. Uh, before we try to talk about the Lord, let's talk to the Lord. Hear my prayer, Heavenly Father. Have mercy upon me, a sinner, and save me. We ask that you open our hearts and minds to the knowledge and love of you in Jesus Christ. Grant that we may receive your Holy Spirit for the healing of our souls. Illumine our thoughts and enliven our hearts. Teach us in this time so that we may know you in your Son, Jesus Christ, and live. These things we pray in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, like I said, I want to talk a little bit about um, Halloween and, and spirits and things like that. And I want to begin by comparing two events that occurred in the past, two events that have stuck with me over the years. Important, they were, They're fairly minor events, but they were important in my mind because they made such an impression that they lasted with me <clears throat> over the years. And the first was um, I was in ministry in a, in a small church, and we were having some sort of Halloween event at the church. I can't remember exactly what it was, but the children were outside. They were running around the children and the youth, and they were playing some sort of game. It was after dark, and they were chasing one another and having a big old time, laughing and playing. And this pastor, who was not a Methodist, this pastor pulls up beside the church and begins to yell at the children. He calls them over, and he accuses them of of devil worship and that they have no business participating in these sorts of activities and blah, 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 blah. And as you can imagine, the children were all very upset by that. I was in the... the time I got outside, the pastor had gone, and it was sort of a moot point. I really needed to talk to the kids and help them, but they were all, I mean, talk about a downer on a party. This pastor stopped by and told my kids that they were doing devil worship while they were chasing one another to win candy. And um, and I always thought, wow, that shows a lot of insight, a lot of pastoral skill and insight and learning. But I remember very clearly because they were so upset, and he accused them of worshiping the devil because they were playing games on Halloween in costumes 
dressed up and running around to win candy. And a few years later, I was at a different church, and this incident had nothing to do with the church at all, but um, I think I was in the emergency room. It was during Holy Week, if I'm correct. But anyway, so we were talking, and I was talking about, I, don't, I was at the triage, sitting with, in triage with a nurse, and I don't remember what the conversation was, but I said something to the effect of, Easter is my favorite day of the year. And it is. Actually, the resurrection is my very favorite, my very favorite day of the year. And uh, the triage nurse looked at me, and she goes, really, I'm more of a Halloween kind of gal myself. And that conversation stuck with me. Because it bothered me. You're a Halloween kind of gal. Who's a Halloween? Who? I mean, you know, and I like Halloween. I think it's fun, sort of. But I mean, who? I mean, like, Halloween is better. How has the church succeeded in making the resurrection uninteresting? I don't know. But this lady thinks that um, Halloween, she thought way back then, that Halloween was a kind of uh, holiday that she liked as opposed to Easter. And, um, and, I'm, and I suspect that if we polled everybody today, we might have the same response on a broader scale. I mean, on the one hand, you have the resurrection that defeats death and is the triumph of God for all humanity. Um, we see the destiny that God has in store for all of us, and it's the revelation of the future of human life. On the other hand, you have kids running around, going door to door, asking for candy. I mean, I don't know. How do you make one? How do you make that better? I mean, I know that Halloween is more than that, um, but still, is it more than the resurrection? I think not. But anyway, Halloween is the second largest commercial party in the United States. Only Christmas, <laughs> only Christmas is a larger commercial party. Christmas is a commercial holiday? Really? Well, yes, of course it is. I mean, like, <laughs> I went into uh, the store recently, and they had, um, what was it? They had all the, com um, not recently, this is no, this is nearly November, so this is like in August. I took a picture <laughs> so I could remember. It is August, and we have all the Christmas wrapping stuff out there for sale, and uh, I'm thinking, we've lost our minds. Anyway, Americans spend about $6 billion per year in Halloween. I don't know how old this statistic is, but it hadn't gotten less, I can tell you that. Do I think that Halloween is evil? No, I really don't. I, not, not, not particularly. It's a pagan holiday, that's for sure. It came from the, from the Celts, from the Druids. Uh, the, the Druids were their priests, the priests in the Celtic religion and stuff. And it, and it was known as uh, Samhain. Now, if you've ever seen that written, it looks like uh, Sam Wayne, S-A-M-W-A-I-N, I think, but it's, it was it's called Samhain. But um, it's it's hard to believe that little kids collecting candy from their neighbors is evil. I think that's uh, have a hard time with that. But uh, if you've ever watched the History Channel, then you know the the origins of Halloween. It's largely based on an agrarian cycle, and uh, winter with winter comes the darkness. And October thirty first was the end of the year for. Um, the, the for the Celts during that time and the beginning of the new year was November the 1st as they headed into the darkness and during that time <clears throat> the the people were afraid that when, when, at the beginning of the new year in the middle of the night that they wanted protection from the dead they were afraid that the spirits of the, the dead would rise up and steal the souls of the living alright so that when the year ended on October the 31st uh, it began the, there was an opening between the world of the living and the dead and that's just a basic, you know, definition. Also, on the History Channel, they explain how the church tried to make the pagan celebration into a Christian celebration, which is among the many reasons why we do not get our information about Christianity from the History Channel, because the History Channel doesn't understand. 
Now, there are a couple of quick points I want to make about what the History Channel does say. It says it's going to make the church try to make it, uh, the pagan you know, uh, ritual into a celebration into Christianity and um, somehow Christianize it or whatever. And, um, <laughs> it like, like it, like it, and, the, and their point is that the church has not succeeded. And, and I don't think the church can succeed in taking a pagan holiday and making it a Christian holiday. But their, their emphasis was that the church tried to match that by um, having All Saints Day. Because the church had never celebrated saints until they ran into the cults, into the excuse me, not the cults, the Celts and the Druids and their Halloween festival. Okay, you know, if you only see the world as purely material, if you're purely physical, if you can only see the physical world, then you have no means of understanding. This, the reality of the spiritual. There's, you don't have any framework for it. You don't have any means of, of interpreting what's occurring from a point of view that is, in, includes the whole of reality, which is, which is spiritual and physical, right? And, and the History Channel has no way to measure anything spiritual at all. Don't get your information about Christianity from the History Channel, right? And the great irony of that is that you can't see history at all either. I mean, if you, if, I mean, unless you lived it, you can't see it. For example, did you see the signing of the Declaration of Independence? No, you did not. Said, well, I have all these other references. Well, we have lots of references in Christianity as well, too. And you don't want to count those. I once got into a debate with this guy, and he was... Um, he was asking me all these questions, and I was responding by different books that I'd read. He goes, all you're doing is quoting a bunch of books. Like, I was going, where did you get your education, bud? I was like, isn't that where we learn? It's from our books. I don't know. But anyway, he, uh, it was, that's beside the point. But the great irony is you can't see history, any of it. You can't see history. Can you see when Jesus was here? There are people who deny the, the reality of, of Jesus' life, and it's probably one of the clearest facts of, his, of history about Jesus, anyway, um, is that he did live and he did die and he was crucified. Anyway, um, anyway, I think it's one of those little inconsistencies that we have in our ways of thinking, one of those little inconsistencies that we don't ever notice that we take for granted. We say, well, okay, um, uh, and we, I, can't, I, only, I only believe in the real world, okay? Well, you can't see and experience history in reality. Do you believe in history? Uh, no, not everybody. I've got to tell you some, See, given some of the contemporary scholarship, no, there are people who do not actually believe in history. And that brings me to my second point. As you see happening in contemporary um, scholarship, which, and I think that means this is scholarship very loosely defined, in contemporary opinion about what you wish happened in history, okay, there's a lot that's been rewritten and there's very little actual knowledge applied to it. Um, except to the extent that it, you know, suits the historian. Doesn't matter what's accurate or true or what the rest of the data shows, as long as it fits with a narrative that the historian prefers, right? For example, the whole point of Christianity is to take that which is profane, that which is broken and fallen and evil, that which was produced in sin, for example, and turn it into something holy and good, Right, that would be you and me. That that at this moment in time, uh, that's what that's what God is trying to do in our lives. That He wants to turn us into something that is holy and good, and we're profane. We are full of evil, and not evil. We're full of sin. We are full of faults and, and limitations, and He wants to He wants to make us holy and good and virtuous. Right, and so to say the church tried to turn a pagan celebration, take a pagan celebration, and tried to Christianize it is actually to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're going to take what is pagan, broken, profane, and turn it into something that is that 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 is that glorifies Jesus Christ. <laughs> there's nothing, there's nothing about that that is 
strange to anybody but somebody who doesn't believe and doesn't know what the gospel is, right? To say that the church encountered that is, is proclaiming the gospel. Countered, when I say, anyway, that's a proclamation of the gospel. They, they, they encountered um, Sawain and they wanted to try to turn it into something that was Christian and they wanted to make it holy and good. Proclaiming Jesus right there, you guys. And it probably goes without saying, but I doubt the History Channel intended to do that. I think, don't think that was their plan. I doubt that they are familiar with the scriptures or the Christian account of the great cloud of witnesses that surround us right now. Or about the Hebrew practice of consulting the dead. How many of us remember that Saul um, had the, the woman call Samuel back to life? And Samuel's like, why did you call me up? It's in 1 Samuel 28, if you look it up. He's like, what are you doing calling me? I was resting, whatever. What do you want with me? You're going to die today. Right? There were there, Today, I think many Latin Americans uh, celebrate the Dia de Muerta, which is the Day of the Dead. There you go. That's going on right now. <clears throat> and that's contemporary. Uh, also, it's true that in some Christians in parts of Africa continue to communicate with the deceased and have, you know, um, uh, centers where the house is gathered together and, and they um, consider their elders who went before them. We laugh at that and we go, we could do with a little consideration to our elders just for the record. We thought back to the people who gave us um, life and brought us into being and who made life possible for us here. Wouldn't hurt us at all to think about that a little bit. Only the people who think something is unusual about the Christian of Sawain or the Christianization of Sawain are people who are unfamiliar with Christianity itself. If you don't know anything about it, then you think it's really odd that the Christians would try to Christianize Sawain. Having said all that, I want us to think about the distinction between commemorating the dead and the celebration of evil, because those are two very different things. And I think we can find a bit of both of those in Halloween these, time, these days. <clears throat> You know, without its origins, Halloween in and of itself is really fairly innocuous. It certainly used to be. Um, in the last 30 or 40 years, we've seen increasing emphases on things like, like the things that are evil, including death, but things that are evil. Um, even in its original pagan form, Halloween was intended to ward off evil, not to celebrate evil. But now we see it as a celebration of things that have historically been considered evil and that we don't take seriously anymore. Things like witches or vampires or zombies or whatever, right? And there's an enormous difference between a, a, a little girl in a princess costume or a boy dressed up as a superhero and parents playing at being witches and warlocks. There's, that's a, there's a big difference there. I received an email just, I mean, just, just today, earlier, I think, um, about from my, from, I, I don't know if you know, I make soap, and um, I got an ad from the company where I buy most of my supplies, <clears throat> and it was, um, it was showcasing the maker of the month, that's something they do every year, I mean, every month or whatever, you get these emails, but it was an occult company, <laughs> wow, we're going to celebrate an occult company, well, clearly, these people are equal opportunity advertisers anyway there's a it, it came complete with dark backgrounds and stuff like that you can't see the human you know the person in involved or anything like that and it had but there you can see him holding a tarot card and um it the person there's a quote about the person who decided to become a witch and produces occult and horror products and she does that in her soap soap is just one of those Right, and she was quoted as saying that a particular type of flower that she frequently uses is especially good for her Hades bath potion. For her Hades bath potion, I'll say that's a dangerous thing. What I want us to grasp is that these things are real. I don't know how much she believes in witches. If she said she's gotten in touch with her witch witch self, I don't know. Maybe she understands that it is real, but it's not a game. 
And there's an increasing interest in witchcraft in the United States today, uh, a growing Wiccan movement. And the greatest advantage that we have ever given to Satan was denying that he exists. And I think that is the problem that we must deal with. Today, evil runs rampant through our culture. And it's creating conflict between people. And it's encouraging self-destruction. It's destroying lives by feeding our passions. You know, we, we, try, to, we try to explain everything through medical and, and psychological definitions, right? Um, and that's wholly insufficient to the reality of evil. And it's important to understand, um, you know, um, it's, I want to say it's true that we have physical ailments and we need medication. It's also true that we have psychological disorders and we need medication. I'm not denying any of those, I'm not, either of those. Both, those are true. That's accurate. All right? But it's also true that we are blind to the spiritual forces that are involved in both of those in our lives that are all around us and that work in us. We laugh and we play and we don't have any awareness at all that we're laughing and playing with demonic forces sometimes. Worse is that we break down and we die because we don't acknowledge evil as at work in our lives and in ourselves. So that leads me to the, to the, to the point that I want you to take away from this podcast. I know that I'm halfway through that, but, but I, mean, I don't think that Halloween is some dangerous, horrible holiday that we shouldn't celebrate. I think instead it's, it's, it should be made into a lot of fun. But I think we ought to be careful about what we celebrate in that. that we, the, I mean, little kids getting candy, that's fun. Scaring the bejeebers out of somebody with spiders, that's fun. But it's not, I think we need to be careful about what we play with in terms of Halloween, right? Because there are components that are more evil than they used to be that reflect a, a belief in demonic force and powers, I guess, I would say. So the main point is that what I, what I think that Christians most need to recover, and this, and this is where I'm going to tie the two things together, is that we need to recover the reality that the spiritual is permeating the physical world all the time. You know, that thought, that teaching, that mindset, for the last 150 to 200 years, everything that we've heard is that there's no God, no spiritual, no evil. All definition is within the self. All The self is the quintessential top of the heap, and it's all held within the self. And we've heard that for in, in, in America and in the West for 150, 200 years. No God, no evil. You know, no spiritual. There's nothing but a physical uh, world here, and there's nothing but material plane that we live in. That's all there is to it. Nothing but the self. Y'all, excuse me. I just had to stop and break before I uh, started coughing right there on the recording. Oops, I hate it when that happens. I'll tell you that I am unceasingly amazed that we can look at the fruit of materialism. If we look at the fruit of, of a world lived with the physical, with, with, in the sense of the physical only, that, that there's nothing beyond this physical world. If we look at the fruit of that world, I'm unceasingly amazed that it is not obvious that evil is present in chaos in the, in, that we've bred, in the wars that we've had, the hatred that has been bred among us or whatever, the things that we do to one another. And, you know, I, I, I'm not saying that this has never occurred before, um, and, and I'm not going to say that these things didn't exist. Of course they did exist, right? But only in a culture that denies anything beyond what we can see can evil run completely amok and have, have free reign to do whatever it wants to do. And, and we don't even have enough sense to call it, to call it evil. We're, not, we're, we're, we're unprepared to say, well, you know, it's a purely physical world, so there's no way to have any sort of moral yay or nay. It's fine, whatever you want to do, because it's all within the self, and therefore whatever the self wants is what you should be able to do. You know? 
but the belief, that belief cuts both ways. If you don't believe in evil, then the challenge is you don't ever recognize the power of God. And I think this is the challenge for most Christians. Indeed, we can't even understand the gospel if we can, and we cannot depend upon Christ. We can't bear witness to the power of, of love to overcome uh, the difficulties and the indifference. We can't believe, we can't, we can't bear witness to the power of life to defeat death or the power of hope in the face of despair. You know, when we accept that, you know, um, the active presence of evil, we also have to accept the active presence of the Holy Spirit, the giver of life. And when we deny, you know, uh, evil, then we also deny the reality of God. When you locate it in the self, it's just me, myself, and I, then you don't get to call out upon God and say, well, there's no such thing as evil. Then you're not being really saved from anything. You don't have anything to offer. And this week, a friend and I were talking, and this is, this is a really important distinction we need to grasp. This friend and I were talking, and um, he was angered by those who were committing evil and um, calling it good. And I agree, there is a lot of that going on. People are, people are committing a lot of evil, and they are um, saying, oh, no, this is good. This is because it's what I want, it's what I desire, this is what I need, right? A lot of that going on these days. But, but in our conversation, what I finally said to him, you know, is we do not war against flesh and blood, right? But against powers and rulers of darkness, against spiritual forces of evil. Okay, that's what, that's what Paul wrote in his letter to the Ephesians. We do not war against flesh and blood. So it's not okay as Christians for us to hate people who do wrong. We need to fight against the evil that is encouraging them to do wrong. To say that there is no good, there is no evil, that everybody decides for him or herself, is to let evil run amok, run, run full-fledged full right through their lives. That's not loving. And one of the greatest witnesses Christians can have is the ability to see a human being in spite of the evil in their lives, the influence of the evil one in their lives. If they don't know Christ and they don't believe in anything that transcends, then there is nothing to, there's, there's nothing to prevent them or protect them from the work of the evil ones, from the machinations of the evil ones. Some people intentionally seek out the powers of the evil one, but others, others do not. Well, and Christians should understand that our battle is not with human beings. That's who God wants to save. Human beings are the image of God. That's who God wants to reach and to find. Our battle is against the forces of evil that would destroy human life. And if we have any hope of, at all, if we want to have any hope at all of recovering you know, early Christianity, if we want to live a transforming gospel of life to the world around us, then we're going to have to start opening our eyes to the reality of the union of the spiritual and the physical in our own lives and in the world in which we live. We are constantly bombarded with, you know, um, images around us. And are they from God? Are they from Satan? You know, I don't know. You need to decide for yourself. Jesus certainly knew that there was evil. I mean, how are you going to understand the temptation of Jesus without believing in the reality of Satan? Did Satan go away when Jesus did? No, I don't think so. He was just like left free to run. Jesus forgave sins, healed people, and he cast out demons. But Jesus also, at the same time, distinguished between illness and the presence of the demonic. I mean, you know, one of the, our, my professors used to say that, oh, well, you know, that's just because they didn't have a theory of germs. Because the Son of God would not know when somebody was possessed by a demon versus somebody was sick. That's just bizarre. Moreover, Jesus recognized the connection between sin and sickness and evil powers. And we should also. 
There's nothing wrong with using medication for better health. I think that we should. And I certainly think we ought to use those advances and understand them to have come from God in some degree. At the same time, we need to understand the reality of evil in our lives, the ways in which Satan steals life from us. And we are beings that are united body and soul, not separable. You can't say, well, this is a a physical problem that has no spiritual dimension. Every physical problem has a spiritual dimension. Everyone, right? Because we are day in and day out interacting with spiritual forces. And some of those forces are very good, right? Immeasurably good. The presence of the Holy Spirit permeates the whole of creation. But as Peter wrote, the devil is prowling like a lion, looking for someone to devour. And human beings and the whole of creation are caught betwixt and between these two forces, this ongoing battle. And it helps us to know that and to realize that and to accept it. You know? We cannot reach the world for Christ unless and until we understand what the world really is. And it's not a matter of being nice because you can't be nice to Satan. Okay? You can fight against the powers of darkness without condemning the individuals to hell for life. That is possible. In fact, that's exactly what you want to do. But I do not believe we should live in fear of the evil one in any stretch of that by any stretch of the imagination. John, John, the Apostle John wrote, Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. And I do believe we should take evil seriously. But greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. And the reason we should take evil seriously? Because evil is serious about destroying every human being it possibly can. Destroying them, destroying their lives, destroying their eternity. We need to think about the difference that it would make if we understand or understood ourselves to be participants in a spiritual as well as a physical world. Okay, um, If we knew that the angelic forces of Christ's kingdom were acting on our behalf, acting on your behalf, okay, acting in your life. I want you to think about Elisha in, in 2 Kings 6 where he is talking to his servant and they're surrounded by the the. Um, the fighting forces, the forces of Aram, Aram, however you say it. And uh, his servant was terrified because he looks up and he, says, he tells Elisha, he goes outside the fence, he goes, oh my gosh, we're completely surrounded, this is awful, right? And, and Elisha says, nah, don't worry about it. He prays, says, let, 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 let him see what I, let him see what's really there, God. Let him see what's, what's going on. And he looks up and he, they are surrounded, all the forces of Aram are surrounded by the army of God. There are horses and chariots of fire surrounding them and the voices that were surrounding Elisha. You know, that's what that's the message we all need to know, and that's the message that we need to live out day in and day out in our lives, right? We need to live that. Because like the forces of evil that are around us, we we need to pray to see the forces of God that will come to defend us. That's part of the reality we live in. That's not part of it, that is the whole of reality. Those are the forces that are constantly um, you know, present in our life. And to ignore them and pretend they're not there makes us just, I want to say, sitting ducks for Satan to do whatever he wants to do. I mean, you could be a powerhouse for God, or you could just hide your head in the sand and let Satan make a mockery of your of your faith. Those are our choices, and I think we need to recover a real sense of what is evil as opposed to, you know, whether or not little kids in costumes are, are you know, worshiping the devil. I think that's obscene. And, you know, anyway, we need to be a people who believe in the presence of God in the middle of our lives. We need to trust in his power over anything we face, and that empowers us, that he empowers us also to stand strong whatever we face in every circumstance. And he also grants us his spirit to perform wonders in his name and for his glory. I mean, 
our lives could be so much more if we if we did not live them as you know sort of bifurcated between the spiritual and the physical as if these were two separate entities they are not you know we need to be a people who recognize that the spiritual world is 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 our world that's the world we're living in in the middle of in the middle of physical world is, that's completely imbued with the spiritual world you know and god will grant us you know his presence and his glory so that we can do things for his glory and we also need to be people who recognize that that evil and we know how to stand firm against it when is the last time you 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 look seriously at how to stand firm against evil or how to pray against evil you know to see the when have you last prayed lord let me see the human being beneath the ravages of the demonic forces that have claimed that person's life you know when when is the last time you sought that you understood that what was tearing a person apart was demonic not just you know bad habits or whatever but the power of evil to, to try to destroy we cannot recover the christianity of jesus apostles unless we open our eyes to the union of the spiritual and physical world around us they are not separate at all except for in our own minds it's not some other place that we're going to go to one day or that we're going that's yet to be discovered it's it's all around us it permeates the whole of of, of creation you know and we need to inhabit creation as it is not as atheistic philosophers or scientists describe it you know i don't think we ought to be fearful but neither do we want to be naive the reality is far more than can be seen and yet our father has authority over it all so we need to know the dangers that await us in our ignorance and we need to know the power of god to have authority over it all and to defend us and protect us if christians purified our hearts and minds in love and in obedience and then mobile and then we mobile we mobilize together you know in the power of the holy spirit there are no limits to what god might do I think that we'd be amazed, but whatever he did, we would be left speechless and say, wow, our God is a mighty God. I don't know what God's going to do next, but I do know that we need, to, we need to wake up and embrace Christianity in its fullness. Okay? Why don't you think about that? Make sure that your Halloween is fun and that it's full of laughter. Make sure that it doesn't celebrate evil. Make sure that it's just playtime away from all harm. Let's see what God might do among us. Let's take seriously the spiritual that's part of our world. It's not part of our world. It permeates our world. And let us pursue the Holy Spirit so that we can stand strong against the forces of evil. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Have mercy upon me, a sinner, and save me. I ask you, O God, to call your people to lift our eyes to you, that we may see your glory. Send your Spirit to walk with us, to guide our steps, and to remind us throughout each day of your infinite wisdom as well as the safety we find in the shelter of your love. These things we pray in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, you guys, happy Halloween. Until next time, y'all be blessed. You hear? You have just heard the latest podcast with Elizabeth Moreau. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Podcast, or whatever service you might use. Please rate, review, and share this podcast with others. Be sure to look us up on Facebook and like and share this podcast with your friends. Also, if you appreciate this ministry, please consider making a donation to Servants Feast Christian Ministry through our website. 
Join us next time as we continue to explore God's truth as it speaks to our world today with transforming love for all people.